Welcome to Flip the Library, a podcast from Gwinnett County Public Library. My name is Melissa, the Lilburn Branch Manager. And I'm Steve, the manager of our Grayson Branch. Gwinnett County Public Library uses the Summer Reading Challenge to keep our community engaged with reading over the summer months by encouraging them to set challenging reading goals, attend fun educational programming, and earn awesome badges and prizes. The Ken Scott Comedy Magic Show is the kickoff program for the library's 2023 Summer Reading Challenge, and we are happy to welcome both Ken and the library's Youth Services Manager, Patty Reber, to chat with us today. Patty and Ken, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. So, Ken, we are very happy to have you back again this year to kick off our Summer Reading Challenge. I feel like we have to start by mentioning that in a couple of the recent Marvel shows on Disney+, Plus, there have been some crocodile characters. So we wanted to check in on Croco to see if he was still your partner or if he had run off to Hollywood to chase after that crocodile trend. You know what? Croco is still there. It's funny. Croco has been in my show. You know, it was it was years ago. And I can't remember what theme it was. I think it was a traveling theme when the character was a crocodile. And I bought this crocodile in California from a puppet maker. And just to have that season, just to have to say that, I checked that box off that I had a puppet in the show. Well, he was a huge hit. And then it, the next year, the librarians were go, we went to book Croco and not you. So that's where I realized that Croco was going to be in the show. And I'm, I don't do ventriloquism. So, but he's just a huge part of the show and he will be there. I'm just a handler. Yeah. I don't think you could keep him away. Yes. When did you first get interested in magic? And what's the first trick you remember learning? I can remember like it was yesterday. So I got a Christmas book one year. It was a Mickey Mouse magic show. And I made every trick in that book. And then May is my birthday. So my mom went to a magic shop and she bought a few tricks for me at this magic shop. And then she gave them to me and then she couldn't perform them. She didn't know how to do it, but she gave them to me and she goes, here, do them. Here, I'm an eight-year-old kid not knowing how to do this stuff. So she took him back to the shop and it was basically these little sponge, these little red balls that you... You make one vanish and reappear in somebody's hand. And I couldn't figure out how to do this thing. Then you put a handkerchief in your hand and you make it vanish. Uh, but once I went into the magic shop, they showed me how to do it. And I was just, I was bitten. And it was, and it all goes back to that first book, that Mickey Mouse magic show book that really, I would say, got my interest. And then my third grade teacher told my mom, Hey, we need to get him into more of these kind of activities because this is keeping him very busy and he, his mind is, he's occupied and stuff. So. I'd go to the media center as often as I could and check out these books and then hide the magic books because I didn't want the other kids finding them. So I was the one that was hiding those books because <laughs> I wanted to be the only one to know these tricks. By the way, I don't want to tell kids to do that, but that's what I did. <laughs> well, Ken's DVD is available at the library. So but kids listening to this, don't go hide it just so you can go find it later. <laughs> right. <laughs> share with everybody. Don't do that. There's plenty to go around. Back in those days, we only had like three magic books and I would check them out every other week. So by the time I was done in sixth grade, I knew every book there was on magic in our school. Did you have a favorite trick back then that you learned from those books? I mean, did you prefer like card tricks or anything, a particular type of trick? Um, Gosh. Yeah, it was probably card tricks, but it was probably just, it was more so just making like finding the things and I would find cardboard to make the prop. Like if I needed to make a stuffed little bunny rabbit appear, I'd make the box out of a shoebox or something. You know, I was always trying to build it and use mask and tape for stuff. And I still got up one of the props I made when I was like 10 years old. But yeah, it was whatever I can make it. You know, back then you didn't have a DVD to kind of guide you. You had to read it and look at it in a reading point of view to see how what you think it should be like. So it was 
a little more difficult than it was today. Kids can go on YouTube and read books and do DVDs and stuff and learn it very easily and quicker. Yeah. And it's a great skill and a lot of fun to learn. How did you first get started working with libraries with your show? So it was, I think I did a birthday party or I don't know what event I did, but it was just probably back in the like late nineties. There was someone had booked me to do a show and she was, you had to do a library show. And I was like, what is that? What's a library show? And this lady booked me. I think it was out in like the Carrollton or Douglasville area. And I did a, a summer show and it was fun. And so then I think I might've booked two that year. And then the next year I booked like 10. And then the rest is history. I just kind of kept doubling every year and learned the fact that I needed to stand out. I try to go along with what the theme was and try to write my show around the theme. And that proved to be pretty successful over the years for me. I've worked for the library system for many years, so I've seen your show quite a few times. You bring a lot of the most popular elements back over the years, but you always have lots of new tricks as well. How do you adapt your show for each year's theme? Well, this year's theme was a little more challenging because I often wonder if the kids actually know what the theme is sometimes, but libraries go out of their way to decorate. And this year, coming together, kindness, it was a little, it was harder to to kind of swing this one this year. So there's a trick that magicians do, like linking rings. I'm sure you guys have seen where the magicians take the rings and they link them together. And so we're doing a trick this year where we're combining 13 individual small little rings and connect to them and linking them together. So it's going to be a neat way to watch two kids do the trick themselves. I'm not going to do it. They're going to do it. And to see two young readers in the library do the trick and make 13 individual rings come together as one long chain is going to tie in nicely to the theme. And then just finding books that fit well. I found a great book about an umbrella where you just share the umbrella with your friends and there's always room underneath the umbrella. And so I've got a beautiful umbrella trick that I've had for nearly 25 years that I rarely used until I found this book this year for this theme. And I'm like, this is a perfect trick to coincide with the theme and this book that I found. So it's a balancing act to try to find the right books, the right tricks to make it make sense. And also, I like to write the show, too, so the parents enjoy it. So I kind of write the show a little backwards. I always want to make the parents enjoy it because it's either going to be a mom or dad or a caregiver is going to be with the kids. So. I want it to be for everyone. So I always kind of tie it in with the adults in mind too. Oh, there are staff members who just look forward to you coming all the time. I've been working for 16 years, so I've seen you many, many times, but I just want to see it again. <laughs> good, yes. good. All right. That's supposed to go around with you and see it every single time. We have yes, like it. Patty. Patty has to see it like she went when I went, she did it 20 times. I'm like, these poor people, they knew my lines. They knew my songs. They knew everything. And, you know, I always... Kind of felt sorry for them, but then they knew my, I said, you guys could do this show now. (laughs) There's always some trick that I still can't figure out. Like even (laughs) watching it in 20 times, I'm like, I still don't know how he does that. So that's impressive to me. I can't figure out all the tricks by seeing it (laughs) three times a day, every (laughs) week. Well, you guys have always, Gwinnett has always been at the top. When I talk to other performers, Gwinnett is always the one that performers strive to be at because the summer reading at the Gwinnett Libraries is so great to perform for because the crowds turn out for the shows, that the people that come out are excited. There's great advertisement for it. So people, as far as performers, love doing Gwinnett Libraries because you guys are just, you've always had the summer in mind for, gosh, at least the last 20 years that I've been there. So It's great to hear. Um, I also want to ask a quick question because you mentioned it and I want to know, do you have your own personal library? Because you said you picked a book that you had 
So do you have a special library for your magic shows? Or- I do. I've got, I've got, you mean books that I use at kids shows or magic books? Um, both. Okay. So I do. I've got two separate, like I will buy a ton of books every year for the theme. Like we know the theme, what, two or three years out. So we'll start thinking ahead of ourselves to try to figure out books that we can incorporate. So I've got a whole section of books and I'll probably buy 20 books and get it narrowed down to probably six books I use in the show. So there's always an abundant amount of books that I'll have that never gets into my show. So I'll donate these to a preschool or somewhere nearby. But then I've got my whole, my old magic section of books that I can learn out of that I can still cross-reference and try to get ideas out of. One of the books I have is a set of seven called Tarbell. And it was written back in the 50s. And it's what magicians to, to this day go back and they were referenced these, these books because some of the close guarded secrets are in there. It's just people have repainted it or made it look different or just taken that concept and redeveloped into a different way. So yeah, we've got my own little personal library as well as far as magic books. It's great. I feel like I've learned something new. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked about how you reformat your shows every year, but what are some of your more popular routines? Oh, that's a good question. Well, Croco, obviously at the library show, Croco's probably hands down the one that everybody remembers the most. And you know, again, he's not even, I'm not even doing Vin. It's just him coming out being silly. And, you know, when I come out there with Croco, it's great to see a young kid that's in a pre-K kid or even a kid that's in fifth grade get caught up in the puppet. And that's when you know you're doing it pretty good because when you can get a fifth grader to kind of go inside with you and be a part of the routine, then you're doing good. I used to do a trick and I haven't done it in a long time uh, since COVID, but I used to dress up a kid as a magician. And they put this tuxedo on and I put my arms through the coat and it was me doing the magic, but it looked like them. That was always a crowd favorite. I haven't brought that back since COVID, but it's probably getting close to come. It was always a crowd favorite. Yeah. So it, I don't know. My favorite is always my newest show. That's what I tell people. <laughs> That's a good answer. And, and the one, the one you do with the tux, I thought it was funny. I was looking at your site before and I saw that you did it with Ozzy Smith <laughs> once too. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, I did a, I did a golf, celebrity golf tournament in Phoenix and it was all these famous baseball players that I grew up watching were there. And I'm like, ah, I got to get Ozzy Smith up here. And it just was so perfect. And yeah, that was a great night. Well, speaking of working with various people, you perform your shows for all ages, including a few times at the White House. Yeah. What is something you particularly enjoy about working with kids? You know, working with kids is magicians or performers always work with a script. There's always a script. I know I've talked to Patty. They always have a script they use where they do their puppet shows. The thing about when you're doing kids shows sometimes is that you, as much as you have a script, you've got to be willing to zig and zag. I remember Dave Chappelle used to say this. You got to zig and zag. You know, kids going to be honest. They're not going to lie to you. They're going to tell you if something's not right or they see something. So just the fact that they make you be on your toes is enough for me. And just if, when you look down there and you can see a kid's, when they get caught up in the moment of just that when something has been, you know, produced or something has vanished or something's happened, you know, that's the magic. And my point of view from being up on, on the stage area and looking down while the kids are sitting down in the audience, crisscross applesauce, that's a whole nother vantage point that no one gets to see but me. It's so strong just to see these kids just laughing. And I know you've seen pictures when you get that angle from kids just laughing at part of the show. It's just very strong. And it means a lot when I see kids are really enjoying it. 
kind of just proves you're doing something right. So I like that a lot. What do you hope that kids learn from your shows? Well, obviously, the, the point of it, you know, I'm not naive to think that libraries have performers there just to keep us employed. I mean, the bottom line is to get kids in there to keep checking out books. I mean, I think it is a, a wonder, you know, it's hard to get kids excited about books and reading when they're off for two and a half months. So I think keeping these library things going, keeping the library vibrant and with up-to-date books, I think says a lot. And then when the kid comes back to the school in August, they're caught up. It's not a, it's not a catch-up. It's always rewarding to me when a parent comes to me after the show and she goes, what book did you use for this? What, you know, they asked me what books I used in the show. And I used to just put them out there, let them take pictures of them. A lot of times, Patty and the crew, they've always taken the books I've used and displayed them at the shows. And those are even just put magic books out. A lot of times I play a game at the libraries where I tell the kids, they have magic books here, but here's the deal. I don't want any of you checking out the books because if you do, you learn my secrets. And it's just by telling them not to check them out, that gets to be the banter where they go, we're going to check them out. We're going to check them out. And that counter's gone. It's just a display is gone of magic books. So you know, the ultimate goal is to get them in there, get them checking books out and to have them reading, but at the same time, just be with their families. I mean, that's just a neat thing to see them all come in and just enjoy being in the moment and not on their iPads and iPhones and just, you know, enjoy live performance. All right. Well, thanks so much, Ken. We'll keep Patty on the line here to talk a little bit more about the program in general, but thank you for all the years you've been coming yes. to the library and for entertaining the community. Thank you guys for what you guys do. You guys are just building these new branches. I think we went into... The new one last year I went into for you guys, I can't remember which one it was, but it just, the smell of a new library was just, I was like, listen, that smells like a new house smell. You know, it wasn't like an old library from the sixties with that smell. So you guys, Gwinnett does it right, you've got to done it right for so long. So I applaud you guys. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. All right. See you guys. Thanks, Ken. Patty, we'll get into the details, details a little bit later, but can you give us an overview of this year's summer reading challenge? Sure. This year's challenge, our theme, Ken was talking about themes, and our theme this year is Camp Kindness. So we are all about kindness. The program at its heart is all about reading. So for our birth to five-year-olds, we want you to read books and track the number of books you read. And for our kindergarten, all the way through adults, we're asking you to track the minutes you spend reading. And you earn points and your points when you books. We've figured it out. So if you read about 20 minutes a day, you will complete the program. So we want kids reading about 20 minutes a day. So you win four free books. And then we have a grand prize drawing. Each branch is giving away a pair of binoculars, a hammock, a camp chair, and a six-person tent. So every branch will give away four prizes. I'm super excited about that. That way we have more people with more chances to win things. And then for the first time ever, we have special badges you can do inside Beansack. We're calling them our spill lit badges. And those are just for teens and adults. And it gives adults a chance to win some books as well. So because we've heard that adults want books and we're like, we will come up with a way to do that. That's great. So you mentioned Beanstack. Can you let our listeners know a little bit more about Beanstack, what it is, how to get on it, how to use it, and what are the fun things they can do? Okay. So Beanstack is a website and an app 
that is built by this company that really, they had kids in school and they wanted a way to encourage their kids to read during the summer. And they built this reading tracker. And then they started working with libraries and they said, Hey, what, what can we do to help you and your patrons track their reading? And so they built this website that allows you to track the books you read, but it also allows you to track the minutes you spend reading. And then it also allows the libraries to go in and create different activity challenges and activity badges. Cause the point is to continue learning through summer and reading is one way, but we also know we have a lot of kids who maybe the way they learn best isn't through reading from our book. It's through a hands-on activity or it's by going out and physically doing something or seeing, maybe it's watching a video. So we have activity badges that we have created that allow everyone with different learning styles to get in on the fun. And we try to keep it fun. We don't want it to be stodgy and boring and because kids have gotten out of school and they're tired of learning. So we hide our learning in fun. What I like about Beanstack is we do use it during the summer, but we create challenges year round. There's always something going on, some fun thing that we're doing with like activities or tracking your reading. We have a thousand books before kindergarten program, which is great because we challenge our parents to read a thousand books with your child before they start kindergarten. Sounds like a lot, but if you read one book a day, you'll hit a thousand pretty quickly, way before they turn five. And you can read the same book over and over again. That counts every single time. Beanstack, the way you can access it is we have links on our website, which is GwinnettPL.org. And then you can also get there GwinnettPL.Beanstack.org. That's how you can get to our Beanstack account. I think is really cool is this year, all the Gwinnett County schools also bought into Beanstack. So each school has their Beanstack site. And if you are a Gwinnett County student, you have a Beanstack account through your school. And now we can link them. So if you create a library Beanstack account, it can link with your school Beanstack account. And you only have to track one time and you see all the challenges and your reading counts for your school reading and for your library reading. And so it makes a more seamless way to track for the school students because in the past, a lot of students have had to track reading on some other app or like a list or something like that. And now it all counts as one thing. And I'm super excited about that. If you come into the library, our librarians know how to link your accounts. And if you don't already have an account with us, they can do that for you and link them super easy. It's like super quick. There's an app you can download and the app has gotten better every year. What I particularly like about Beanstack as a company is it's gotten bigger, but it's still pretty family run. Felix and Jordan, people who started it are still, they like, I know their first names, you know? If I can talk to them, if I have an issue and as an organization as a whole, they're very responsive to suggestions and things that their customers and 
our customers are looking for. And one of the things they wanted was an app. And then they created an app and then people asked her to do more and more things. And they are constantly innovating their product, which I like. It's a very responsive product, which I think is cool. So in addition to tracking the reading, there was lots of great programming going on over the summer, including the Ken Scott Comedy Magic Show that we heard about earlier. But that's just the kickoff. There's programming that the youth services department has put together, that branch staff has put together. Can you talk a little bit about that programming that we do in the branches and then also some programming that has been put together to present elsewhere in the county, like in the parks? I would love to. So we do a lot of programming during the summer. We actually have a programming guide for the summer that has all of the summer reading programs happening in the branches and in the parks in it, it is both online and if you come into a branch, you can pick up a paper copy. It's nice to have because then you can go through and like mark the stuff you want to go to at all the different branches. So just kind of highlight some of the programming we're doing. I'm going to talk about what I know you services is doing. And then I'm quizzing you two to talk about some of the programs your branches have because I know what my department's doing, but like every year. I flipped through that and I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to get to that. So we're doing a couple of new things this summer that I'm super excited about. We are having a Camp Half-Blood and Beyond program on June 6th at the Lawrenceville branch. And this is geared for middle school and up. And it's really to highlight the Rick Riordan Presents books. Rick Riordan wrote the Percy Jackson books, which are super great. And in Percy Jackson, they go to Camp Half-Blood. That's their camp. And one of the things I really like about Rick Riordan as an author is he was always being asked, okay, so you've done Greek gods, you've done Roman gods. How have you thought about doing something with like Mayan gods or Persian gods? And he would say, you know, that's not my culture. I don't know enough about that. I don't feel comfortable writing those. So what he did with his influence with the Disney publishing company is he got them to give him an imprint called Rick Riordan Presents. And he has on found authors from all of these different cultures and backgrounds and said, hey, you've got this book about, you know, Mayan gods. I want to publish this book. And so he's really lifting up a lot of different authors of color and of diverse backgrounds. And he's created these amazing imprint these awesome fantasy books of all sorts of different gods and goddesses and cultures and they're so much fun so we are doing a big i think it's like two hour long program where we're highlighting those books and we're going to have different activities and there's a scavenger hunt and we've got prizes to give away including a signed copy of the new percy jackson book the sun and the star because Rick Riordan and Marcus Shiro came and did a program with us and signed a couple of books for us away. I'm super excited about that. We're also doing our puppet shows, which we always do. That's going to be our summer sort of finale. So we will be at every branch having special puppet shows all about camping and kindness. Those are super fun. I think you're going to like them. We're having a good time putting them together. <laughs> And performing them, they're super fun. 
And then we've got some programming that we are bringing out to the branches in June and July. We have programs for teens and programs for elementary school. I think we're doing Make Your Own Lanterns and we're doing some planting programs about gardening and kindness and we're doing some art programs with kindness rocks and things. So look out for those programs. But then I know that our branches, the people in our branches are putting on some absolutely awesome stuff this summer. And I do not know enough about that because I have been wrapped up in the youth services world. So what do you guys have happening at your bridge? Because I know we have stuff for adults too. Like I don't want them to feel left out. If you flip through the program guide, you're going to see STEM over and over again. So there's lots of STEM programming going on. Like at Grayson, we have a STEM camp and it's stepping through the different letters of STEM. So we have science. We're talking about dinosaurs, technology. We're talking about electronic music. We actually have a staff member who owns a synthesizer and she's bringing it in so you can learn about electronic music, engineering, like one of those build a bird's nest kind of thing that will protect an egg and be able to fall and all that kind of stuff. And math, we're doing friendship bracelets, but we're doing it where you learn binary code at the same time. So oh, there's cool. some math mixed in there, a little coding in there too. I know a lot of branches are also doing kindergarten readiness programs, especially in July as we get into the next school year. Juneteenth programs are at a few different branches. So a lot more awareness of that holiday and we want to keep that going. Um, we'll Grace having a Juneteenth art show. <laughs> oh, you guys are. Oh, great. Excellent. Also at Grayson, we're doing a series about bugs. So there's always bugs around when you're camping. And so there's one about ants and butterflies and migratory bugs and just lots of fun activities where you'll do some like origami, make a little ant or something like that. So we always try to mix the educational with the fun activities there. I also wanted to talk about how in keeping in line with reading and literacy, the branches will continue doing reading buddies throughout the summer. So any parents who want their kids to continue practicing reading with volunteers and library staff members will be your children's reading buddy. And that will be going on at each of the branches. We also have quite a few culinary programs. We have also quite a few bilingual story times and bilingual activities. This system is very lucky enough to have not just uh, bilingual programs with Spanish and English, but we have them in Vietnamese, French, Hindi. I know Lilburn's doing quite a few and quite a few other branches have bilingual programs. So look out for that too. And lastly, I did want to talk about we're doing Tai Chi. So being kind to your body at Lilburn. At Grayson, I know a couple of the branches are doing yoga. And at Grayson, we do it as a family yoga program. So all ages can come. Our early education library associate does it so that the littlest ones can do it, preferably when they can really kind of do the stretches and everything. But from that all the way up to seniors, anybody can come do that. And that's a good way to get in some wellness practices. And speaking of literacy, Melissa mentioned a couple things, but like if you're in a regular book club, that's going to keep meeting over the summer. All the book clubs keep going. And there are some new book clubs and book talks that are happening over the summer for all ages. So there's some book clubs for kids. There's some book clubs for teens. There's book clubs for adults. There's several authors coming like Lisa C and some other authors are coming. Some of them will be virtual programs. Some of them will be, I know at Norcross Cultural Arts Center, a lot of times we do programming there. Uh, Youth Services is partnering with the Adult Services Department to bring an author to Duluth on July 15th. And 
The book is called Crown, Magical Folk and Fairy Tales from the Diaspora, and it's by Karan and Regis Bethencourt. We have worked with them before. Some of their photography has been exhibited in some of our branches, and they do absolutely stunning photographs of Black it has been girls dressed as princesses. That was one of their big things. And Disney actually saw them and like made a line of dolls based on their photographs. And now they have a book coming out that has folk and fairy tales accompanied by absolutely beautiful photographs. And we'll be hosting them on July 15th. And I'm super excited about that one. That's very cool. Our regular story times, a lot of those are going on still. So if you were bringing your baby or your toddler to story times, a lot of those are continuing. They may not be on the same schedule. We may take some other weeks off over the summer. So watch out for those exact dates. But a lot of those are still continuing on through the summer as well. Um, and I also know that a lot of branches are doing our normal kind of programming that we try to offer on a regular basis. Like Alyssa mentioned culinary programs, but citizenship programming. Uh, Grayson, we have a program for teens and adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities starting up this summer language learning programs, so all kinds of stuff. And I'm sure, you know, we don't have anybody here from the learning labs, but I know the learning labs are offering programming all summer long too. They always offer so many programs over there as well. So if you're near a branch that has a learning lab, they are doing all kinds of stuff too. I know they've got their game jam going on again this summer where you can make your own video game. Like you submit it and people get to play your game. So that's pretty cool. If I knew how to make a video game, I would do that. But and you can learn how to do that at our learning labs. I'm you pretty can. sure. So I could do that, but I don't think I could win the contest because I work here. We could spend hours. Like we could make an hour long podcast just talking about all the stuff we have happening at the library. Yep, absolutely. In addition to doing programming in the branches, youth services get to take programming out into the community. We have been doing story time in the park. And then this summer in July, we are taking to the splash pads because that's where everybody wants to be in the summer. We are going to be out at E.E. E. Robinson Park on Tuesdays, July 11th, 18th, and 25th. And then we are also going to be out on Thursdays in July at Lilburn City Park's splash pad, the 13th, the 20th, and the 27th. So we're very excited about our partnerships with the parks and getting to bring programming out to them, which is super fun for us. We don't actually get to be in the splash pads, though, except sometimes. Every once in a while, we've been out there and the splash pad has come on a little bit too early. And that's exciting for everybody. <laughs> we generally come out with the mobile library as well. So you can check out books from our mobile library in the parks, which is super cool, which I'm super excited about. You'll also see us around, we will be at festivals, and there's a big back-to-school bash on the 29th of July that the sheriff's office does at Gwinnett Fairgrounds, and we're going to be out there, and I get to do some stuff with some camps, so I'll be out at some various camps doing story times and storytelling, which is always super fun as well. Why is the summer reading challenge so important for the library and our community? There's a couple of answers to that. It's important just for the community as a whole, because we know that when kids are at the school for a long extended period of time, like they are in the summer, they're out of school for a good two months. And if you're not reading, if you're not practicing your reading, it gets harder when you come back. 
So what we want to do is we want to keep kids engaged in reading and learning throughout the summer so that when they go back to school, they can start where they left off. They don't have to go back and fill in all the gaps. We want them to start with a nice, strong base. And right now in Gwinnett, we do kindergarten readiness and kindergarten assessment. And we are currently at 51% of our kindergartners are not ready when they start kindergarten. And we're trying to move the needle on. And we have as a community as a whole, it has gotten better. It was 54% in 2021 and it was 51% in 2022. So that's progress. We're getting there. And all of the reading that you do with your child, all of that helps contribute to getting them ready to start school. And then when they're in school and they're learning how to read, all the reading you do with your child helps them be able to learn how to read because learning how to read is hard. You know, for like 40 to 50% of the people, it just doesn't come easy. So we want to give kids a chance to read what they want to read for the summer to make it fun and to give them that encouragement to pick up a book. And it doesn't have to be a novel. It can be a comic book or maybe you want to just read picture books. That's okay. You can just read picture books. You're reading. It counts. You can listen to audiobooks. You can listen to audiobooks. How I get half my reading done. So we want to do that. And we just want to build a community where reading is seen as important and reading is seen as fun. That's why I think summer reading is important for the community. It's also why adults can participate in summer reading. Just because you're out of school doesn't mean you stop learning or wanting to read a good book. You know, how many times do you see you go for a beach read and you read something on the beach for fun? And why should adults not get encouraged to read as well? So that's why I think it's important for the community. Why I think it's important for the library is we want people to come into our branches. We want people to check out our books. We want people to go online and Check out our resources. We have databases and ebooks and audiobooks and just so much stuff. I talked about books, but it's so much more than books. And if I were going to list everything this library has for the community, like I said, I would be here half the day. And you really need to come into a branch and see what we have available. I do a lot of presentations to parents and with the schools. And what I always say is come into your branch, talk to a librarian, someone who's working there and ask us to help you find something or just ask about services because we like to talk about that sort of stuff. We get a lot of questions about where's the bathroom? How do I print? Do you know my password to get into my email? And then, so we like questions about like, what do you have going on? I like Percy Jackson. Can you help me find another book to read? So those are the questions we love. And you know, I haven't met anybody who works here that isn't nice. And everybody wants to talk about the cool stuff we have to offer. So I really think summer is important to the libraries 
because it gets people in the door and it gives us a chance to showcase all the cool stuff we have. All of those programs we talked about, all that STEM stuff and the learning labs and the citizenship classes and the language classes and the culinary classes. Summer is a great time for us to get to show off. And I think that's why summer reading is important to the library. Hey, um, do you have any sneak peeks for anybody who is a listener of your podcast, Spill Lit, of what's coming up this summer? I do. We are focused on, we took that camp theme and decided to go with that camp theme and with the summer. So we are going to be talking about Lumberjanes, the comic book. That's coming up. And then... My pick, which I'm super excited about, is Daughter of the Pirate Queen. So adventure and high seas and pirating things. So we've got some some fun stuff. We're doing a book of poetry by Kwame Alexander called Swing, which I'm excited about. And I just started reading our back to school book, which is going to be a really fun mystery, which I'm super excited about. Well, cool. Stay tuned for that. And where you found this podcast, you can find that podcast. <laughs> Come hear me geek out about Lumberjane. <laughs> All right. Well, Patty, thank you so much for coming on. And thanks, of course, to Ken for coming on as well to tell us about his show and all about the summer reading program. We encourage everyone to get involved. All ages, everybody get involved. Read, 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 read. It's the summer. We were so happy to hear from you. Oh, it's always fun. Flip the Library provides an inside look at Gwinnett County Public Library and brings to light the many ways the library impacts and enriches its customers' lives. Go to gwinnettpl.org slash podcasts to learn more about the library's podcasts. To get new episodes of Flip the Library, follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to rate and review it in your podcast app. Keep up to date with the library on social media at Gwinnett Library. Thanks for listening. Connect, learn, and grow with your Gwinnett County Public Library.